up? What's up, guys? And welcome to another episode of the Powerhouse Mentality Podcast. I'm your host. I'm Caitlin Kenna-Smith. And today we're getting into week five of your sustainable fat loss journey. And I felt like with it being week five, this is a perfect opportunity for us to discuss what everybody thinks at some point during any sort of fat loss journey. And that is... I'm not earning results fast enough. This isn't working fast enough. It's not working. What can I do to change this? All right. Well, first off, I want to remind you something before we get into this podcast. If you started when we started this sustainable fat loss journey five weeks ago, not even five weeks ago, you have to realize that you didn't get to the point that you were in five weeks. You didn't become overweight in five weeks. You didn't get completely unhealthy and out of shape in five weeks. So it's not going to happen in five weeks. You're not going to earn all of the results that you want and see all of the changes in five weeks. And frankly, this is where so many people continue to let themselves down because they're on the right path. They're doing the right process. They're doing all of the right things. But then two, three, four weeks into it, they get so frustrated that the results aren't coming as fast as they think that they should. So they quit or they go off and they try something else. And it's kind of like I keep referring back to a train that's starting and stopping and starting and stopping. You're never going to be able to create your own momentum to be able to create the results that you want unless you actually stick with it long enough to earn those results. It takes a lot of time. However, if you were to truly just dedicate even just a year to truly going all in on yourself, I bet my ass that you're going to be in a much better place and you're not even going to recognize the person staring back at you in the mirror. So yes, this sustainable fat loss journey series is eight weeks long. However, don't expect to get to your end goal in eight weeks. What you should expect in eight weeks is to start seeing changes, start feeling significantly better as well as starting to build habits and behaviors that align with the person that you say you want to become. And I think the biggest thing that you'll notice after eight weeks is the confidence and belief that you start to have in yourself because you've started doing one thing and that's keeping the commitments that you've made to yourself. That is a fa- that is a very powerful thing to do because what most of us do is we say we're going to do one thing and then we go off and we do the complete opposite Or we don't keep that promise to ourselves because that's what's comfortable in the moment. And the only way for you to earn the results that you want and build the confidence and belief in yourself that I know every single human being on this planet wants is to actually keep the promises that you make to yourself. If you tell yourself that I'm starting the diet on Monday, that doesn't mean that you're going to fucking eat pizza on Tuesday. That means you're going to keep that commitment to yourself and actually find something that works for you and that's actually sustainable. If you tell yourself you're going to get up before work and work out in the morning and when that alarm goes off and you really don't want to get out of bed, you better get out of bed and keep that promise to yourself. Because when you continue to break promises to yourself, you start to lose trust and you start to lose belief in your ability to do this. It's the same thing as somebody, a friend that you might have, because we all know this one person who continues to tell us that, oh yeah, we'll get together on Saturday and then fucking Friday night they text you and say hey I can't get together we'll do it next Saturday and then the next Saturday they always reschedule at the last minute over time you begin to lose trust and belief in that person it's the same thing for yourself so no matter what you do 
on this journey, just keep the promises and commitments that you make to yourself. And I guarantee you that you're going to go far. Now, today, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about something that I hear all too often. And that's why this episode is called, I'm not seeing results. What do I do? Well, first of all, be patient with the process, but that would be a really, really short podcast episode. So obviously that's not all we're going to talk about. I want to talk about the word plateau. And I feel like so many people have used this word at some point during any sort of a fitness journey or any sort of a journey towards a goal. You know, the dreaded plateau. And I want you guys to kind of reflect right now as you're listening to this. How many of you truly believe that you have hit a plateau during your fitness journey? And I really want you to be honest with yourself when you do this reflection because as a coach, and I've been coaching and training people for a little over a decade now, I would say nine times out of 10, if not 9.5 times out of 10, a true plateau is very, very rare. Usually, it's not a plateau. It's not that your body stopped. It's just a lack of consistency. It's a lack of effort or it's a lack of honesty towards the plan. And that's what actually causes the results to stall. I also want you to remember that just because the scale isn't moving doesn't mean that your results have stalled. And, you know, we can talk about the scale all day long, but you can go back to last week's episode where I did talk about the scale and the importance of measuring your progress in so many other ways. So photos, how your clothes fit, how you physically feel, your energy, your sleep, your mindset, your mood, your digestion, even your strength and performance of the gym, all of those things, in my opinion, are more important than what a piece of plastic that sits on the bathroom floor tells me. You know, but that's my opinion. So whether you've truly hit a plateau or not, I believe that it's important for us to talk about five things that are important for you to be aware of so that you can actually evaluate where you are now and see if you need to make some changes or shifts to your current plan or to your effort that you're putting into things. You know, and I want to really dive into these five reasons of why your fat loss could potentially stall, whether it's now or in the future, and also what you can do about it. Because we're not just about information on this podcast. You guys already know we're information and application because knowledge without application is useless. If knowledge just sits in your head, it doesn't fucking matter unless you apply it. So the first thing we're going to talk about, and this one is the most obvious, so I'm sure you can all guess what that is. You're eating like an asshole or you're eating too much. And in order for you to lose body fat, you have to be in a calorie deficit. And we spoke about this during week one of your sustainable fat loss journey. And a general idea for you to kind of gauge what a calorie deficit would look like to start, right? And then you can evaluate kind of how your weight fluctuates with those numbers is taking your goal body weight and multiplying that by 12. And that's going to give you an idea of what it would look like to be in a calorie deficit. And being in a calorie deficit is the absolute number one thing that must happen. It's the number one thing. It's the foundation of fat loss. If you're eating more than your body is burning, you will not lose body fat. The best way to combat this is to use the equation that I gave you, body weight times 12. Start tracking your nutrition 
Because if you have no idea where you are and you have no idea how much you're truly eating, then there's no way for you to be 100% certain that you're even on the right track. The amount of conversations that I have on Instagram about people who are like, oh, I don't know what's wrong. I'm eating healthy. I'm watching what I'm eating. I'm eating better. And then I ask them, well, how much are you eating? Or have you tracked your calories? Like, do you have any idea how much you're eating? And they say no. You guys, it is possible to overconsume healthy food. Or, you know, just not be aware of what you're eating. Because so many people don't think about sauces or coffee creamers or, you know, the lattes that they get at Starbucks. They don't think about, like, how calorically dense peanut butter is or nuts or different things that they eat throughout the day that are quote-unquote healthy. They don't realize that those calories do add up. For example, even if I'm not tracking my macros and I have 80-20% ground beef instead of 90-10, that's a huge discrepancy in calories. And one could be the difference between you being in a calorie deficit or not. But if you're not tracking your macros, then you have absolutely no idea. So, and I spoke about this in week one, you don't have to track calories forever. In fact, I believe you should not because it's a lifestyle. However, everybody should track macros and calories for a period of time to be able to gain the experience and the education and the knowledge of what different portion sizes look like. So it could be as simple as that. You're just not tracking your macros accurately. You're missing on some things. You're not tracking like the bites, the licks, the sips that you take off your kid's plates or that you steal off your husband's plate or whatever it is. And that one's pretty obvious. Like, okay, I'm eating too much. But maybe it's not as obvious as you're eating too much, like, in that sense. Maybe you're doing great Monday through Friday. Like, you're fucking nailing your nutrition. And then, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you let your nutrition go and you enjoy yourself a little bit, which there's nothing wrong with that. But all of a sudden, you're going out on Saturday and Sunday and you're over your calories by a thousand, which is really not difficult to do, especially if you add alcohol to the mix, which most people do. Plus, it's not just food. Maybe you're eating some pizza and some beer, but the biggest difference is that you're sleeping in a little bit more so you're not moving as long during the day. Maybe you're a little bit more lazy on the weekend, so you're not like moving around as much, so you're burning less calories. And those things can compound. And those are things that people don't think about. And here's something else that I want you guys to think about. You know, maybe you are going out to eat on the weekends and or during the week and you're not getting the burger or the pizza and the fries, but you are getting the salad. It's a good choice, right? Not always. If you actually look at the nutrition facts on salads at restaurants... Some of them have more calories than a burger, which is fucking wild. And that's why it's so important for you to track your nutrition. Plus, let's be real. No restaurant is concerned about your calories or your macros, so eating out too much can also lead to just inconsistencies. You know, if you're going to Chipotle every fucking day for lunch, then your Chipotle bowl and your serving of rice is going to look a lot different when Bob is working versus when Beth is working. So it's important to understand that like, hey, yeah, you can eat out and see results, but you need to really be honest and mindful of the portions that you're having. So the biggest takeaway with this first one is that if you want to get the best results, you have to be the most accurate. And that means you need to manage your nutrition with tracking your macros and weighing out your food. Again, you don't have to do this forever, but I do believe that it's important, very important to do this So you can learn about the food and you can learn about the portions that you're eating and you can have a good idea of what works and what 
doesn't. All right, number two. We're going on the complete opposite now. You're not eating enough. Great, so the complete opposite of what we just spoke about, like I said, and I know that this one doesn't really make sense for a lot of people. You know, I just mentioned that you need to be in a calorie deficit in order for you to lose weight. So how can eating too little possibly cause you to stall with your fat loss? So the biggest thing here that I want you to remember is when somebody will use like the 1200 calorie diet approach because everybody's fucking tried that one before. Doesn't work, by the way, if you haven't already learned. The biggest thing that happens here is that you are eating your 1200 calories every single day and then you start, you know, falling into these I can't sustain it things that like little habits and behaviors that you don't necessarily notice. And a lot of people just go into like the binge restrict, binge restrict. And if you're binging and restricting, it's going to be really difficult for you to be able to create momentum. So your behaviors just reflect and you're not actually in a calorie deficit. Other times when people are eating, quote, 1,200 calories a day, they are not actually eating 1,200 calories a day. They just don't know how to properly track their macros or they are making assumptions that they are eating that little. So if you are actually eating like 1,200 calories a day and you're doing it consistently, here's a couple things that could actually happen to you. One, muscle loss. Now, muscle is the only tissue in the body that's actively burning calories. So we've spoken about this before. The more muscle that you have, the more calories that you burn at rest which means you're going to be in the best state possible to not just burn body fat, but to sustain fat loss. Because if you can literally burn more calories doing fucking nothing, just because you've taken the time, energy, and effort to build muscle, that's a win. Now, when you undereat, your body can actually start to break down muscle over time because muscle is a very expensive tissue. And we're not talking money, we're talking energy. So when your body is not receiving adequate energy from the calories you consume, because calories are just that, energy, it will do everything, and it, referring to your body, your body will do everything it can to conserve energy, and breaking down muscle is one of those things that it will do. Because again, it takes a lot of energy to maintain muscle, and it's not the most important thing. Your body prioritizes survival over everything. It doesn't give a shit about your six pack. It cares about keeping you alive. So when you're not giving your body enough energy to carry out basic bodily functions, then it's not going to give a shit about your muscle. It's going to break that down in order to conserve energy. And when you lose muscle, that means you're going to be burning less calories, which then all of the sudden that 1400 calorie window that you're eating in that was once a calorie deficit because you've lost muscle, now your resting metabolic rate or the amount of calories you burn at rest is now 1,200 calories. So now you're in a calorie surplus just because you lost muscle. And now your fat loss is stalling or you're gaining weight, but nothing has changed. It's because you're losing muscle. This is why it's also so important to strength train and prioritize protein intake. All right, now another reason this happens, and this one is less so, is that when stress exceeds your body's ability to adapt, you, will, you won't see results because results come from adaptations. So stress must occur for your body to adapt. So think weight training. That is a stressor on the body. So you have to apply that stress 
and then give your body recovery through nutrition, through sleep, to build that muscle tissue back up, adapt, and you see results. So think appropriate stress equals adaptations equals results. But you have to recover in order for that to happen. So an example of this would be in order for you to build muscle, like I said earlier, you must provide stress from weight training to actually have this happen. Now the problem is when you're under eating, which is a stressor, and there is so much stress on your body from the lack of fuel, plus your life, plus your workouts, plus your lack of sleep, and your body is too stressed, it again is going to do everything in its power to conserve energy for your survival. And body fat is a form of energy, so good luck fucking losing body fat and building muscle when you're excessively stressed. Again, your body prioritizes survival, not your physique. And the final reason why we see this happen, and I kind of spoke about this earlier, is when you're eating very, very low calories, it's just not sustainable. And most people are unable to do this long term, so they tend to go into those restrict and binge cycles, which kick you right out of your calorie deficit. And when someone is also under eating, they are naturally moving less because they don't have as much energy, so they're just more sedentary. And think about this. How much effort are you truly putting into your workouts if you don't actually fuel your body enough. I see this one happen all the time and the amount of people that I work with who come to me and they start eating more and they actually start losing body fat, it's kind of insane. All right, you have to eat in order to lose weight, but we'll actually dive a little bit more specifically into that reason on another episode because I think that that one specifically deserves an episode of its own. But let's get into number three. Your workout needs to change. Now I can talk about this all day long. Because I spent eight years of my career working in gyms. And, you know, when you're at the gym 14 hours a day as a personal trainer, or as a fitness manager, as a general manager, you see the same people every day. You know, there are always those people who are there every fucking day at the same time. And the amount of people who I would see year after year over year, month after month, come in at the same time every fucking day very consistently. And I would literally be able to say, okay. They're on the leg press. They're going to go over to the leg extension next. All right, cool. They're going to go over to the chest press next. Like, I'd be able to literally know exactly what they're going to do for their workout because they came in every single day and did the same damn thing every single day. Same reps, same weight, same intensity. Everything was the same. And guess what? Those people also looked the fucking same. They never changed. However, I don't know what their diet looked like, so I can't really, I can't really say shit, but... How many of you have found yourself at some point doing the same workout for long periods of time just because it was comfortable or it was really all you knew how to do? Because I knew that I've, I've definitely been there. Now, in order for you to see the best results from your training, you need to period your... Ooh. That word is tough. You need to period... Period... <laughs> Periodize your training, or go into different phases where you change or reduce volume. Now, a proper training program isn't going to change dramatically, but there needs to be some changes. You can't squat five sets of 10 at 100 pounds every single time you go to the gym and expect to continue to see results. You can't run three miles every single day and expect to continue to work. Remember, your body is an adaptation machine. It's meant to adapt. Now, this doesn't mean that we always need to increase the volume or the amount of time that you spend in the gym just to burn more calories. It's not the calorie burn that's going to deliver the results. Remember, it is the adaptation. 
That can mean reducing volume, giving your body enough time to recover, or honestly, it could be as simple as changing the rep scheme, the amount of sets you're doing, the tempo, the rest periods, doing something to progressively overload and continue to earn results. Now, the biggest goal with our training when fat loss is the goal is that we want to speed up the metabolism, and we do that through building muscle, which is through strength training. So an example of this would be, I'll have my client say, we're running a three-week phase, because I like to do my phasing in like three to four weeks. So we'll do a three-week phase, say, where we're doing five sets of 10 with 60 seconds or with 90 seconds rest in between for a back squat. And then the next phase, maybe we're doing three sets of eight or eight sets of three or something like that where we're changing the tempo, we're changing the volume, we're changing, the, we're changing something. But you don't want to change it so frequently that your body doesn't have time to adapt. So it's about, I like to do like three to four phases and then every 12 weeks kind of completely changing things. Now, that one's pretty straightforward, very simple. The fourth thing is you need a break for recovery. And this one is a hard pill to swallow for so many people, especially people who are fitness fanatics and who just love to work out so much. Because I want you to remember, when there is too much stress on your body, your body is unable to adapt. And this goes off of not eating enough, but it also goes the same with your workouts. So just like your workouts, your nutrition needs to be done in phases too. You can't be in a fat loss phase forever. You can't be in a calorie deficit forever. Eventually your body's going to stop adapting. And the most effective way that I like to do this is to implement diet breaks or periods of time where we are eating more or we're reducing training volume with a deload. But really, I like to put my clients through 12 to 16 weeks of like a reverse diet where we're slowly increasing calories with the goal to build up the metabolism, to build muscle. And then we'll go into eight weeks of cut. And if during that eight weeks, I realize that like, hey, we might need a diet break like halfway through where we take a week and we go back to maintenance calories, that's what we're going to do. Everybody's going to respond differently. So it's important to understand that it is not one size fits all. And if anybody tells you that it is, you should probably run. Now, I want you to think of this kind of like an athlete. If somebody's an NFL quarterback, are they always in season? No, they're not. They go through an offseason, they have a postseason, they have a preseason. And remember, fat is your body's insurance agent. So when stress is too high, your body will do whatever it takes to hold on to that body fat because it's that energy. So if you're overly stressed and you're not seeing results and you're always in a calorie deficit, one, you're not going to give your body enough tools to be able to build muscle, to build up your metabolism. But also it's just, it's not sustainable. You can't go too hard all of the fucking time. It's not going to work forever. Everything works, but nothing works forever. You will burn out. And this, like I said, happens to a lot of fitness fanatics. I see it happen a lot. Now, the final one is you have poor health. All right, and right here, we're going to talk about poor sleep, inflammation, poor gut health, dehydration, any sort of nutrient deficiency, because I've mentioned it a few times during this podcast already, but your body does not give a shit about your physique. It cares about your survival. So if your health is poor, it's not going to prioritize you losing body fat or building muscle. So good luck building muscle or burning body fat when your health is poor. 
One of the most common examples I see of this is the sleep, but also gut health. Now I know gut health is such a broad term and it's really difficult to pinpoint it. And I'm not going to pretend to be that fitness influencer who's a gut health expert and just starts throwing around terminology to try to sell you a probiotic because it's so in depth and there's so much more that goes into this. And I want to have a podcast for this completely, but to keep it really simple, if you're constantly bloated, if you're constantly cramping, if you constantly have stomach aches, if you have bowel issues, diarrhea, constipation, if you have energy issues, brain fog, trouble sleeping, skin issues, there could really be an underlying issue with your gut that needs to be addressed. And a lot of those gut issues can be improved by simply changing your nutrition. So eating more whole foods, eating less processed foods, reducing your stress, giving your body more of the foods that contain digestive enzymes like tropical fruits or probiotics like fermented foods. It's always important to remember that your gut is the center of your body. So everything that you eat is going through your gut. And we are actually more back, we have more bacteria in our gut than we do have cells in our body. So that might just help you guys put into perspective how important it is of having a balanced microbiome. So a good balance of good bacteria and bad bacteria. And I like to think of the gut microbiome as a rainforest. So it's important to have a diverse amount of bacteria to help with thriving. So if you have poor gut health, then your body isn't going to be properly absorbing nutrients meaning your body might not be properly absorbing nutrients and protein. So all of that good food and all that protein that you're eating to help build muscle for your metabolism isn't actually going to be absorbed and digested properly, so you're not going to get the full benefit from it. And if you have micronutrient deficiencies, say you're deficient in like vitamin B or vitamin D or vitamin C, you know, whatever, pick it. If your body's not getting enough vitamins and minerals for proper energy production or metabolism, it's really not going to impact your results in a good way. And if you have insomnia and you're not sleeping or prioritizing sleep, you're not going to be properly recovering, which means more stress hormones will be elevated and your body's going to struggle to see results. So if you have checked off all of the boxes, but things are still not moving, maybe it's time to get some blood work done to see if anything else is going on. Myself and my husband Stone personally use Transcend. Um, It's a company that they do blood work. They also do peptide therapy and hormone replacement therapy. This is not a sponsored ad. I don't work with them, but I do use them. Uh, So I'll always talk about something that I found benefit from because I know that it can help you guys too. But those were five things that could potentially cause your fat loss to stall. Now, the biggest thing that I want you to remember here is that you need to trust the fucking process and not try to speed things along. Remember, it's about losing body fat as sustainably as possible, not losing it as fast as possible. So trust the process. If you guys ever need any help or have any questions, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Send me an email. My email is always down below. But other than that, guys, go out and do one thing that's going to take you one step closer to where you want to be.